Hello, this is John Mangini, Vice President of Marketing with the New Jersey Bankers Association. Welcome to the New Jersey Banker Podcast. Today, our President and CEO, Mike Afuso, sits down with Mr. Devil himself, Ken Danico, for a discussion on effective leadership, how to motivate and recognize team members, building a winning culture, and more. Thanks, John. I want to welcome our very special guest today, Mr. Devil himself, Ken Danico. Ken is currently the color commentary announcer for the New Jersey Devils, and prior to that, he spent 20 years in the NHL, all with the Jersey Devils, where he played in over 1,200 games, won three Stanley Cups. Devils tired his number, number three, in 2006. Welcome, Ken. Thank you for joining us. I want to uh, jump into some of the uh, Q&A here because I know our, our listeners are uh, eager to hear from you. So, so how would you define a leader and who's somebody that you looked up to as a leader in your career? Oh, well, thanks for having me, fellas. I mean, um, oh, uh, define a leader. <laughs> I've had a lot of years to think about that for sure, but um, certainly played on some great teams and we'd had uh, a core group of leaders that uh, were a big part of us winning Stanley Cups, and that's what it was all about for us. And and I would say, you know, the, the common denominator, you've probably heard it before, you lead by example. I mean, that is probably first and foremost, your work ethic, uh, your honesty, um, not afraid to get your hands dirty uh, and, and do exactly anything you preach, you be, better be willing to do, and you have to show that on a daily basis and practice and games or whatever it may be. But uh, guys that I looked up to, I mean, look, I, I go way back in my day and uh, people probably don't even know some of these names, but Phil Russell and Dave Lewis and Mel Bridgman, guys that when I was 19 years old, they had a lot of experience. They'd been around. Our team wasn't very good at the time when we came to New Jersey uh, in the inaugural year in 1982. But, but those guys really, Set the tone for me. The Rich Preston, I would throw in there as well. Chico Resch. Chico Resch, still with the Devils organization. They were so good to me and guys that knew I, how bad I wanted to play, and they kind of paved the way and and uh, really taught me how to be a professional. So so they taught you what to do. Um, obviously, they, they taught you to grind, and we, and we know you certainly did that. Um what, what about what you should not do? Because you see a lot of that in sports. You see a lot of that in, in uh, you know, in, in, in media. Tell us about what you should not do. <laughs> what you should not do. Well, I mean, first and foremost, if you're not passionate about what you're doing, and certainly it's no different. I always correlate teams in sports, business, whatever it may be. And I don't know the business world like you guys, but having said that, I do know the team mentality is everything. And and if you're lazy, if you're negative, those are things and attributes you certainly don't want in your teammates. You want loyalty, you want passion, dedication, and work ethic. Uh, that's the bottom line. And yeah, you need skill and you need guys that understand uh, what it takes uh, to win, to be a good team and understanding your role. That's that's always been a big part of it for me. Um, but uh, those are things that I just believe uh, you have to have. And, yeah, you need talent and skill in whatever profession you're in for sure, and certainly in sports, to have success. But uh, those are just some of the things. But, obviously, you come prepared. You come to work, and and you're ready to go, and you're 
we're willing to do whatever it takes. Uh, those are the kind of characteristics I certainly would look for uh, in a team. So, so three Stanley Cups um, in 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 our recent history. Um, Devils have been have been have had a good culture. You know, they have had their ups and downs recently, but you know, three Stanley Cups in in uh, in the past thirty years. Um, so, so that's pretty good. Um, you have a culture there. Our other New York teams, the Yankees, they have a culture of success. Um, some of our others, uh, not not as much. How do you breed that culture? How do you say I am a New Jersey Devil, and and this is what we are? How do you define it, and, and how do you how do you push it, and how do you sell it to new people? Oh, good question. And you hear that term consistently throughout every team, every general manager, every coach says we're trying to build a culture, a winning culture, uh, whatever that uh, uh, means as far as you know having success. But it means everything. It's a cliche at times, but. Um, and for me, it's building a culture of we, not I. It's about together, team, everybody uh, doing their their part to help help you have success. And, and I think it's such an important element. Positivity. Positivity is, is a big one for me as well. When I came in the National Hockey League with the Devils in the early 80s, uh, we weren't good. I mean, we're coming from Colorado, and they didn't have that culture. They didn't, they had a losing mentality. They did not have a real good, um, I would say, structure and and uh, culture that that you're talking about yet. Uh, I was just happy to be one of those young players coming in first off to get that opportunity to fulfill my dream and play in the National Hockey League, but to be part of something and part of changing the narrative and what this organization was was all about but uh, for me it was about doing whatever i, I again i probably re reiterate some things from other questions as well uh, previously but it's just uh, that drive work ethic passion and to be part of a team understanding that i have to do whatever it takes whatever my part is whatever my role is to be uh, to help the team be successful and not get out of that because if you try to do too much or you're not that you're not capable of in my opinion uh, then you can be a detriment it doesn't mean you're not working hard but you can be that hamster in the cage kind of attitude where you're trying everything and then you're not succeeding or excelling at what you do best to help your team win have success and that's all part of building the right culture and getting every every player to buy in along the way that here's what I do best and here's how I can help my team uh, to the best of my ability. So how do you, and, and uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll toggle to baseball for a second. This year, it's pretty much known the Mets say they're going to rebuild. In a rebuilding year, when you know you're not going to be good, how do you, get your team and get your teammates focused on, okay, we're, we're, we're not going to focus on winning every game here. We're going to focus on building and building for next year. How do you, how do you get people focused on that rather than, well, we know we're not going to be good. So I'm just going to dog it this year. How do you, how do you deal with that? Well, first off, you don't want guys on your team. If, if that's uh, ever the case or attitude, and usually you're not around too long. If you have that mentality, look, you're a professional uh, you understand that 
or you should understand anyway that, um, you know, I'm here to do a job. And yeah, we might not be quite where we need to be yet. And I mentioned talent and skill and you need development of young players along the way, certainly uh, to get to that level that you're, you're talking about, but to character, I mean, you have to have character and say, I, I, I remember vividly. And I, I think I touched on it when I came in the league and, you know, we weren't winning the first handful of years. In fact, we were winning 17 of 82 games and that's not very good. I saw the core group we were building and the young players along the way. And we were finally getting some more skill and talent and guys with, with the right attitudes that I'm going, I want to be part of this. I mean, a lot of players along the way kind of want to give up at times or want to get traded or want to go to a different organization. My attitude all along was I want to be part of the solution. And I, I think you want more guys with that kind of attitude. I'm not just saying me, because we had a lot of guys uh, with that mentality and eventually to get where we wanted to go. It took 12 years of me playing in the national hockey before we won the Stanley cup. Uh, it's not easy to win. It's not easy to, to build that uh, type of team, that type of mentality. But uh, uh, I think that's where it has to start along the way. Uh, I, I told everybody, uh, reporters and you name it, the media along the way, I, I kept saying, we're going to be something someday. And some of those old time uh, writers that told me, Kenny, after my career was well over and, and when it was all said and done, they said, you always said, we're going to be some, become something someday. And, and they used to, back then, I think, chuckle under their breath when we were winning 17, 20 games. But I, I, I was just grateful for the opportunity and just wanted uh, wanted an, a chance to play in the National Hockey League. But then it was all about winning. And I said, I'm going to do my little part. And we had a group of guys eventually as your manager. And at the time, when Lou Lamorello came in in 88, he gave us direction. He, he was our boss and, and the guy that really was, was – the conductor of the orchestra out of the pieces we needed and the guys, whether it was talent, whether it was mentality, whether it was toughness, whatever we needed to be a well-rounded team. But I always believed, and I'm so grateful that uh, I was able to stick around and usually get traded by, by them because we had a lot of that young core and really good players in the eighties get traded along the way to mold the team in, in the, the way that Lou Lamorello wanted his team to be molded and eventually we had success and reached the mountaintop in 95 and did it a couple times after winning the Stanley cup. But it's not easy. It never is easy. Never is easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody would win. And that means a business as well. Right? So it just, it just uh, goes to show that you stick with it. You believe in yourself, you believe in your teammates and you can have success. And I was very fortunate to be on some, really successful teams. Well, we were, we were fortunate to, uh, to have the devils in the nineties. Then it was, a, it was a great run. You know, obviously the Rangers won their cup too. to, to have it in the New York Metro area. Absolutely fantastic. It's great to have winners in, in, in the New York city area. Uh, but, but you are certainly New Jersey's team and, and you're our team. Um, so, so talk about in the nineties, how did you deal with as as a as a true leader of a of a great team of great teams? Um, how do you deal with somebody there that that's just underperforming? You know, maybe maybe a young player that's that's you know feeling their oats or or an, an older an older player that that doesn't they don't feel like they're getting the ice time that that they should. 
How do you deal with somebody like that? Yeah, oh, great question. Um, you know, I watch it now doing the broadcast of the Devils and hear from the passionate fans along the way. And, and we've got about uh, 18,000 general managers and coaches in the building so, <laughs> saying this guy needs more ice time. And this guy shouldn't dress. This guy deserves to be in the lineup. I always say sometimes it's not always fair, believe me. And that's part of growing and learning and maturing as a young player to keep that positive attitude, to keep believing, to keep um, um, pushing forward and, and, and working. And as a leader, that's something you have to guide uh, with young players or even veteran guys. Yeah, because we're all disgruntled at times. Uh, there's ups and downs. There's adversity. You have to deal with game game in, game out, year to year, whatever it may be. It's never going to go perfect. It never does. It's how you pick yourself up off the mat, as we like to say, uh, when things aren't going as well. And, and I always use the word positive energy, a lot of the term along the way as a leader uh, for guys that are struggling. I, I, I always uh, had mentioned after my career, I didn't need a lot of pat pats on the back and accolades when the team was going well, when I was playing uh, to the best of my ability. I needed guys to come up to me when I was struggling, when I was fighting it, and everybody goes through it. And, and I think that's what good leaders do is, come on, man, you you, you can get through this. Stay positive. Uh, keep, keep a good attitude uh, along the way. It's not easy to do because, yeah, you, you always have excuses at times, and we all do. Well, I'm not getting the opportunity. I'm not playing enough. Coach isn't using me in the right situation. Uh, all those things factor in. Uh, that you have to fight through. And like I said, it's not always fair, but I think a real, a, a good team, a good leader, a good core group of leaders, you know, make sure those guys feel that importance. And you try to address the why. Why uh, do you think things aren't going well? Don't let, you know, that bad attitude creep in. And again, it does with all of us at times throughout our career, whether as individuals or as a team, it's, it's how quick you can get out of it. But but leaders and guys uh, uh, that are um, have the attitude that, look, we're going through a tough stretch right now. We got to fight out of it. We got to fight out of it quickly. And the way we do that is basics get back to being simplicity and, and then get your game going again, whether it's individually or as a team. And we certainly had that uh, with our teams that were having success. I mean, we, we, we know right away in certain games, we don't have it tonight, guys. We don't have our legs, but we still found a way to win because we would adjust. We would make those adjustments, say, let's just play positionally sound. Let's just play a structured game tonight. We're just not quite there. We're not quite there, but we still got to be able to find ways to win, find ways to have success. And again, I probably went a little long on this, but it's not just about individuals, it's about team. And I think everybody has to kind of, support each other along the way. Certainly the leaders do that for guys that are struggling. Being a defensive player, or or let me turn it the other way, offensive players. Right now we're, we're on the cusp of uh, Super Bowl. Everybody knows Mahomes. Everybody knows Kelsey. If you're not even a football fan, you know Kelsey. They're offensive players. Tell me about how when you are a defensive player, and you're not getting the glory. How do you recognize those team members that are key? Because we all know defense is key. 
but they're not getting the glory. They're not the worker that's in the in the in the front lines. They are the person that makes the wheel turn. Tell me about that. Well, I, I think it it comes from the top, and you're absolutely right. Uh, you can't have success without your your grunt players, without uh, guys that are doing the dirty work. Uh, you know, you could go in football, baseball, doesn't matter what it may be, or certainly uh, the sport I played, hockey, where uh, as a team, I, I cannot tell you how many times in the media naturally that's just the way it is are going to give all the accolades and, and superlatives to the star players they're the ones fans come out to see but but i will tell you coming from a guy that played his entire career with one team who i'll be honest i know i didn't have the most talent or the most skill but i had a role and i understood my role and, and i'll give you a great example uh, i've said this many times i've told this story many times my boss at the time, Lou Lamorello, and he was a young general manager in the league, only his second year. And coming out of junior, coming out of college, all of us had skill, all of us had talent, and probably were capable of doing a lot more than when we get to that next level, the best league in the world, the NHL. Then you have to find a role for yourself. You have to define what's going to keep you in the National Hockey League. And you can't always do what you did because you were bigger, faster, stronger, uh, as a junior player in college on your team as you can in the National Hockey League. So I'm with Lou Lamborello my second year. And in fact, I I got on the second power play unit. And that usually wasn't my role. I was a defensive guy. I was a physical guy. I was a guy that killed penalties. And Lou Lamorello, I played four games on the power play on the second power play unit because one of our power play guys was injured. And somehow I got out there and I somehow I had some success. I had four points in four games and was all excited about it because everybody wants to do more. Everybody wants to uh, have those uh, those moments where, yeah, you're kind of on the front page uh, contributing offensively, even if that's kind of not uh, what you do best. Well, I had some success, and all of a sudden uh, my teammate comes back, and he's back on the power play, and I'm disgruntled. I'm moping around and Lou Lamorello, I wore my emotion on my sleeve and Lou Lamorello, my general manager at the time knew right away what was wrong with me. He says, after practice, he goes, Kenny, come to my office. Something's bothering me. He knew exactly what was bothering me. I didn't know that at the time. And I sat there, I go, well, Lou, you know, and like all young, energetic players, intense players. And I certainly was that said, you know, I had success in the second power play unit, a point of game. And all of a sudden I'm seeing no power play time. And he says, Kenny, sit down. I liken my team to an orchestra. He says, in order to make beautiful music, everybody has to play their instrument to a T. There's pianists, there's violinists, there's drummers. What category do you think you fall in there? Now, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, I would say, at the time, but I was intense, and I knew what he meant. And he was trying to tell me, you're a drummer. And he goes, you know, he goes, you have a role. Everybody has a role. Bruce is back. It was Bruce Trauber at the time. He's a power play guy. And I'm yeah, button him, yeah, button him. But, but I had all this success. And he goes, he goes, you are the guy that protects teammates, blocks shots, kills penalties. And if you don't do that uh, to the best of your ability and you try to do too much, well, you're taken away from, from what makes you successful. More importantly, what, helps our team win hockey games. And I'm still angry. And Lou was a very intimidating man. And I was a guy that would 
fight right back. And, you know, when I look back, I laugh at it because, you know, he, he was so right. I get up, I throw the chair. Yeah, I thought he was going to come at me. And he kind of sat quietly, folded his arms and said to me, before you leave, Kenny, by the way, you want to you want to play 15 years in this league? Uh, master that drum. I promise you, you're going to play 15 years. You want to be a violinist? I'm going to call 15 other teams right now, and we'll see if they need a violinist. So I was a little angry. I was emotional. I I was ready to slam the door, and and he's just sitting there. <laughs> but I sitting there very calmly, and he really wanted me to adhere his advice. Slammed the door, and I took it to heart. I I went out. I was disappointed, but I go. He doesn't care if I ever score a goal, ever have an assist. That's a bonus coming for me. He had a role for me, and he was absolutely right because when I retired in 2003, I we had a press conference. Lou was right next to me, and I first thing came out of my mouth, I said, just to excuse me if this isn't the proper term, I said, just to piss Lou off, I played 20 years. Oh, my God, he got the big, best chuckle out of it. He knew exactly what I was talking about. And this was a speech he gave me in 89, and he still uses it this day. And he said, I thought Kenny was the most stubborn guy and wouldn't listen to me. He took it to heart, and he understood exactly what it meant to have a role and what's going to help his team have success. So, gosh, I know I went on and on, but I had to get that story, that story out. So, uh, you know, going back to a little bit of what you had said, how do you accept that? Look. You buy in when your team's having success a lot easier. And we were having success. So I didn't need all the press clippings or the uh, the, the highlight reel um, plays, whatever it may be. Your teammates appreciate it. I was very appreciated. Lou Lamorello come up to me every game I had a good game. And as a leader that he was, Kenny, love your game, man. Keep going. Even though I didn't have a point, didn't have offensive numbers, it was what I was doing best to help the team. And I think your leaders do that too for to guys to make sure whether the guy playing 20 minutes or whether the guy playing six minutes, those six minutes are imperative and because those few shifts he has may be the difference in winning and losing. And I think once you get all your teammates to buy in, understanding your role and understanding that making him feel uh, a part of it and how important he is because you can't win any other way. And, and certainly that uh, that speech I got from my boss at the time was one of the best, and I laugh about it to this day. I've told it a thousand times, but it's uh, a prime example of listening to him and and understanding that I'm going to play in this league a lot longer. I probably would have been out of the league in five years if I tried to be jack of all trades, as they say, master of none. And I tried to just master what he told me I was good at and what was going to help the team. It's, it's a great lesson to learn. It's a great lesson to learn. Excellent lesson learned. All right, as we as we wind down here, um, I got to ask you one devil's question. So this year, mix of vets, young players, um, about halfway through the season, what do they need to do to improve? Well, nobody makes excuses, but I certainly have to say injuries have played a big part in why they have not found any traction or consistency all season long. They've just been missing too many key players, and a lot of times – uh, you take one step forward, uh, one step back, or whatever it may be. Uh, it's a process uh, having success year after year. Uh, and our teams were living proof of that uh, along the way. I mean, 
uh, to winning Stanley Cups. Uh, last year, they made the biggest leap in National Hockey League history from amount of points, wins from one year to the next. This year, the expectations grow higher. Everybody thinks they're going to be a perennial Stanley Cup contender. It doesn't always work that way. It doesn't work on your time. It, they're going to be a good team for a long time. And they got a great young core, but it takes time to understand what it takes to win on a nightly basis, what it takes when teams are more prepared for you game in, game out. Last year, they caught teams by surprise with their speed and skill and maybe caught all of us by surprise because none of us expected the leap that they took from one year to the next. So this year, I knew going in was going to be much harder. And this is this is part of it. This is uh, the growing uh, pains of, of young teams. Um, it just doesn't happen overnight, but injuries have played a big part in this year. They won't make an excuse, but it's a reality. They're missing Jack Hughes, the young superstar, missing Heischer for long periods. They're missing uh, their number one power play guy in the defense and Dougie Hamilton, and he's still out. It, it, it's hurt them. How do they get better? Uh, they find other ways to win. They find uh, certain guys have to step up and, and do different things and, and contribute in different ways to win hockey games, but it's not easy. But it comes uh, from the core, obviously, and they're continuing to grow. And this is a good thing for them, in my opinion. They're in a race for, you know, a battle for a playoff spot. They're on the outside looking in right now. Uh, you got to find a way and a mentality to grind it through with the injuries to make it work. And hopefully they get healthy down the stretch here and, and find their footing where, they have to win four, five, six in a row, which they haven't done last year. Last year, everything fell into place. Everything went their way. Well, that's not always the way it happens. So I, I, I'm, you know, as frustrating as it can be for the fans, for all of us, because I'm I'm a big fan myself. I've been so invested in the organization for so long. Well, we want everything now, but but I realistically I understand that, you know, it, it, it takes time to to be a consistently good, solid team. And that's the experience these young players have to go through in order to be that team that will be uh, vying uh, year in, year out for a Stanley Cup. Or uh, It's not easy to win in this league. So it's been a tough year for them, no question about it. There's been a lot of ups and downs, uh, but consistency on a nightly basis and understanding every night when we're injured, we got to play a little different way. Adjustments have to be made. Um, and and I think they've got the capabilities of doing that uh, down the stretch here as they get healthier. Because some guys, they're getting reinforcements. Guys are starting to come back. And we will see what transpires. But uh, it's a funny thing, confidence and uh, how it can go waver up and down uh, throughout a year. And last year, boy, they were flying. They were on a high. They were flying all season long. And this year, uh, when the when the... The wall hits, uh, you lose your confidence a little bit, and and that's what they're, they're struggling through right now throughout this season. But uh, uh, I'm a positive guy. I'm a glass half full, full guy at it kind of attitude. I think they will battle through this, and and let's see what happens the rest of the way. Well, glad to have you. Thank you so much. Once again, I want to thank our special guest Ken Danico for the New Jersey Banker Podcast. I'm Mike Afuso.